The message you are listening to is recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2019 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at conycnd.com. Um, God, um, the, the people were getting very um, prideful, trying to build this tower to get to heaven, but God ended up uh, separating people, giving them different languages, and they all scattered. And so sin, it just, it, it, was, a, it was a horizontal uh, effect as well. And so... We can truly be united by the gospel in reality, um, by our faith being grounded in God's word. And that's what I want to move into is, is, is how do we become united in this way. And so, Grace, what have you learned when it comes to reconciliation through the lens of the gospel? And how have you seen God's word influence this? Um, I think one of the major things that I have learned about reconciliation is a lot of it, if you want to see reconciliation um, you have to be intentional. So I was kind of um, similar to Tony, um, but mine was uh, the way that I grew up, but it was opposite for me. So I grew up in um, a white-ish neighborhood. My father's a doctor, mom's a nurse, so we kind of grew up um, with certain privileges. And so um, when I was at home um, in the neighborhood, it was more uh, white people. But when I went to school, I went to school um, in the hood. Um, and so it was more minorities, and so I kind of grew up having to go between um, two different cultures all the time, and I was Nigerian, so there was a, a big mix of all these different cultures, and so when I got to college, um, I went to the University of Memphis, and if you know anything about the city of Memphis, it's pretty divided between black and white. Um, the city itself is just separated one side, the other side, and it trickles down into the university itself. And so, um, and a lot of us on this panel actually went to the University of Memphis, so we could tell you, you feel it walking on campus. You walk into the cafeteria, you see the white kids sitting over there and the black kids sitting over there. Um, and it wasn't really until I got involved with Campus Outreach, um, and at, at the time it was pretty um, ma a majority uh, culture, um, so it wasn't a lot of us uh, black people in Campus Outreach, but I realized that I really didn't, I've been in college, the only people I've been hanging around is black people. The only people I talk to are black people. Got involved in Campus Outreach, and all these different people loving on me and um, wanting to know me made me realize I haven't even been intentional to step out of my comfort zone at all. Um, this is the first kind of step that I took. And the more I came, the more I realized and heard the gospel that not only are these campus outreach folks being intentional, intentional with me, it's because God was intentional with them. I think about um, everybody heard the, the story of the woman at the well before. Um, just how Jesus had to pass through Samaria. He stopped at the well. He talked to the woman who was super different than from him, um, some, a Samaritan, a woman, um, someone who was not um, well-liked in the, in the town, but yet he was intentional. He went out of his comfort zone and loved on someone. And I think if we want to see reconciliation, if we want to see the gospel go up to too many people, we have to be intentional and not just think it's going to happen. But we have to make moves um, to love others who don't look like us and who don't think like us. Anthony, same question. What have you learned when it comes to reconciliation through the lens of the gospel, and how have you seen God's word influence this? So kind of a little bit even just um, – building off of what Grace just said. Um, I mean, you really get to see the gospel just tear down barriers, and um, then you really get to see how, how Jesus truly loves you um, and loves everyone, and, like, there's no 
uh, I mean, everybody's different. And so if he's loving everybody, then it's like that doesn't mean anything to him. As uh, as I've uh, come to a relationship with the Lord and I've seen just how my uh, my friendships have just gr- uh, grown deeper. And if I really truly want to love someone, I got to be able to um, just know about them more um, and actually uh just going into college, uh, my best friend, uh, he's like my brother, he's black. And, you know, from the from the front end, like, we had nothing in common. And as we saw that we were united through Christ, it's like, man, this is my brother closer than my own biological brother. It's like I need to know just how he ticks so I could carry his burden, so I could um, be his brother. And um, I think this, just, just that whole aspect just helps me see that, man, like, the gospel tears that down. And I'm not going to be able to love unless, you know, I I dig deep and build those true, uh, deep friendships like that. That that makes so much sense, that in being divided because of what sin did, because of what Adam did, because of uh, the different pains and hurts you've experienced, um, man, we, we, we're able to find unity because of the gospel. And, th- and that's a, some beautif- a beautiful thing that we can remember um, when we're talking to someone who's different than us, when we're um, maybe curious about uh, someone who has a different culture than us. Maybe we've been hurt by someone from a different background. Maybe we've been um, um, demonized by someone from a different structures than us. Like it, it, it makes sense because of sin, um, but there's hope in the gospel to, to, to unite things that shouldn't even be united, you know. Um, and so I want to go into to 10, I mean, well, I'm going to go into uh, applications, like practical ways we can stay give three. Three practical ways you can stay divided. All right. The first one is stay in your comfort zone. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a little bit. You want to stay divided? Don't make friends that look different than you. Stay in your comfort zone. Don't um, don't try other foods. I, I think you want to stay divided? Just keep to yourself. Stay in your comfort zone. Like, you know what? I love deviled eggs. Growing up, I thought deviled eggs was a white food. And so I can stay in my comfort zone by not eating deviled eggs, you know. Um, if, if you're, <laughs> so, yeah. The next one is more of a story. Like, for me, it was growing up, there was a, a girl I liked. She was white, right. And um, she said she couldn't date me because her parents didn't like her dating anybody who wasn't a white person. And it's sorry for her because she stayed in her comfort zone and missed out. So <laughs> um, now I'm married to another white, you know, white girl, but she's my white girl. Um, and so she ain't missing out. She ain't staying in her comfort zone. Uh, so but if you want to stay divided, stay in your comfort zone. The second one is um, have tunnel vision when it comes to, like, diverse relationships. Tony, could you maybe speak on that that topic a little bit? I like the memes back there. I, I, like, I like memes, so. Yeah, I mean, we all got our stereotypes. I've always got – category and you throw people in their own little bubbles and things like that and they're different from me because of man they like this type of stuff but I mean even our our group up here I mean Anthony Filipino grew up in LA like Tony growing up in high school like hey man I know those Filipinos um hey we ain't got nothing to like like he like Chinese food and and all the stuff that's me in high school but if you if you know Anthony and get to know Anthony like I know Anthony man he like R&B just as much as I like it. We talking about 90s R&B. Like, we vibe and, and can kick it. Like football, like, dude, we can talk about it. Like, like, and, and now that we have our relationship with Christ, I mean, we literally got everything in common. It's like, this dude's like my brother. Um, Grace, um, 
like growing up and in the black i'm talking about african-american hood like we hear so many stories about africans like i remember somebody sitting down with me and said hey man um if you was to go to africa or something they wouldn't like you over there Hey man, this is Africa. <laughs> I ain't never been out of St. Louis at this point. Like, dang, I ain't going to Africa at this point. They ain't gonna like me because I'm a sellout who stay here. Man, Grace, Grace loved me just as much as my sister loved me. Like, but if I would have stayed in that, just <laughs> she made a face, huh? Uh, if I would have stayed in that that stereotype, man, we never would have a good relationship. White people rich, like that's that. I went to a rich white school. My first exposure to white people was like rich white Jews like I went to that that's what it was like that was white to me they were all rich build like millionaire families um Jesse's upbringing exposing the minds and that anybody up here probably anybody in this room when we talk about our, our upbringing our childhood like we've been through the same similar struggles and and I was connect probably more than the black people out there in the uh, audience you know so I wouldn't know that if I didn't go deeper and Jonathan like man we both been poor all our life man you know man and I would have been like hey his panties got everything and it's like until I build relationships I'll never know um so go ahead in the words of Dave Chappelle I ain't poor I'm broke (laughs) (laughs) oh there's a difference (laughs) but um that makes sense if if we're too busy thinking about who looks like us and has the same background as us, we miss out on the the rich experience of, of meeting someone who has something similar like us, but also something else to offer. Um, but the next the next uh, one is keep your stereotypes. So we talked about having stereotypes. The next one is keeping your stereotypes. Since you want to stay divided, keep them. Grace, would you speak into this one? Yeah, I think this is a big one just because no matter who you are, you can be the most progressive, most liberal, whatever. We all have stereotypes, whether we want to admit it or not. We all have prejudice. We look at people and make assumptions, and we think certain things about people. But as believers, that is not what God has called us to do. And I want to just read um, this verse really quickly. And um, if you want to write it down, but it's 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. And it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Um, And I love that verse because I think that is what we are called to do. We're not supposed to judge people by what we think about them because of the the color of their skin, because where they're from, because how they grew up, whatever. Um, And a a story about this is, so when I was in Memphis, very interesting uh i was going to this uh wonderful church and one day and i'm a member at this church been a member at this church for three years faithfully come every sunday so i walk in and it's predominantly white i walk in the church (laughs) and um i walk there's like this little coffee station where people like kind of mingle before church starts and everything so i walk over talking to a few people hey how you doing blah 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 this woman that i have never seen before in my life comes up to me and is like oh my goodness what is your name? You're so pretty. Oh, my gosh. Look at you. She's so cute. And I was like, oh, hi. I'm Grace. She's like, is this your first time here? I was like, no, I've been here before. She's like, okay, what brings you here? I was like, well, I'm a member. I've been here for three years. She's like, wow, really? That's crazy. There's not a lot of y'all, huh? And I was like, sorry? She's like, there's not a lot of y'all, huh? And I was like, what? 
it feels like, oh, I'm sorry, there's just not a lot of black people in this church. I was like, that's true. <laughs> there's not a lot of us. And so we keep talking, and she asked me the funniest, the weirdest question. She says, so I, w- I know we don't have a lot of time, but I would love to know just a little bit of your story. Could you tell me when you met your dad? And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, when did you meet your dad? And I was like, do you mean like God? <laughs> and she was like, oh, no, 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 like your biological father, when did you meet him? And I was like, oh, well, he delivered me <laughs> when I popped out, so I guess then. Um, and so I went into church after that experience, and I could not concentrate on the message. I was fuming. I was mad. I was like, I cannot believe this crazy lady. Who This is her second service, okay? I'm the one that's supposed to be here. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, and all that to say, some of our stereotypes, some of the things that we hold to be true just aren't, and they can really be distracting from the things that are important. The things that are important are people's hearts, their lives, and what God is doing um, in them, and how you can um, reach out to them through your experience. But if you make assumptions, if you come in with stereotypes and project those on others, it's really hard to break through. It's really hard to... um, build a bridge to reconciliation so i I would say one way to um fight against that is to really do what god does and try to get to the heart which takes time and it takes intentionality and moving away from your assumptions amen and that's just three ways you can you can stay divided but the, the truth is the gospel can bring healing and unity in this and maybe some of us have been moving to this you're here because you want to move and progress in this in this area um and so we're gonna move on to practical ways to be uh, united like how do i how do i move forward and what are, what are ways i can actually um be transformed or change and what do i need to do um we don't have all the answers like we said but i'm gonna give you three um and the first one is vulnerability and then continually continuously ask uh, for forgiveness so jesse would you uh, speak into that one yeah, well, I think, one, it takes a lot of vulnerability to just even ask for forgiveness. Um, but just a little bit of the why. Why do you need to be vulnerable and ask for forgiveness? And Jonathan kind of just answered in the presentation is, is that we don't have all the answers, and we're not going to get it right. Um, it's so complex. Like, working with a team, like, oh, yeah, where I grew up at and going to school at Mythos, it was just white and black. But guess what? Now I live in Chicago, and the demographics are way different. Look at this staff team. It's just a little picture of how much more complex the issue is. It's bigger than a white and black thing. And so I don't have all the answers. Growing up and, and getting my ignorance revealed to me, like, I still don't have all the answers. Um and so I say that because you're going to have to continuously be vulnerable and ask people to help you understand. Um, you're not going to arrive. We're not going to arrive until we reach our God back in God's kingdom with him. And so keep that hope there. And so right now we get the opportunity to put our heart out there um, and just ask for forgiveness. I'll give you an example of that. I think, um, and I'm going to speak a little bit more through my white brothers and sisters in the room. Um, We are reaping a lot of things that have been sown the past week, generations past. And and it is still like the effects of that sowing, it's still there. I 
I had this friend who I was meeting with, and I so badly wanted her to have sex, like so badly. Um, and she would meet with me, and we would talk about it. Um, and she, we would be, we would be friends. We'd continuously talk about it. And there was just finally, um, I was like, hey, girl. I was like, just shoot me straight. What's your barrier? Like, why can't we believe this? And it, she got really sad and really serious, and she said, Jesse, she's like, she looked at the Bible, and she, she said, there's no way I would believe this is true. She's like, how people just use it to oppress people. God, history. And she's like, my family is affected today. I, my, my family is in Mexico, and they, um, some of my family just got deported. They can't come here. She's like, this book is about love, but I don't see love. And she's like, there's no way I would believe this is true. Um, and for me, I was so broken. And I looked at her, and I just said, I am sorry. I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? Like, will you forgive her? Like, um, I had to ask for forgiveness. And so I think um, that my white brothers and sisters, like, we get, we get the opportunity now to, to get to experience God by getting to ask for forgiveness for what we can. Um, and then for everyone else in the room, the issue is very complex. We're going to arrive when we get to heaven. Until then, God's going to be transforming our mind from one degree of glory to another. And we get to be vulnerable with each other. Even in my marriage with Jonathan, I'm continually having to ask God, will you help me with this too? Help me understand why I haven't had sex with Jennifer and Sarah before. You know? <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. One sister. No, I'm just kidding. That's messed up. <laughs> my bad. I, I need to learn some things to handle myself, y'all. Um, the truth is we do need to be willing to um, willing um, to ask for forgiveness, but also we have to have a heart that's willing to forgive um, because we've been forgiven in Christ. Um, so this next, this next one is, is, is to keep a loose grip on what's in your mind or knowing cultures around you. So, Anthony, could you speak in, into that, um, that practical way to become un, uh, united? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, again, like um, you just said, like how you just mentioned that, but knowing and engaging the other culture and the Greek mindset. So that's just a practical way in itself of, you know, getting there. And just how I think about that is like you're never really going to know how somebody thinks unless you sit with them and talk to them. they're coming from and be able to engage them a little bit more so like I, I look at this staff team again just as a really good example it's like I'm never gonna know how, how Jesse or Jonathan they feel unless I I learn about them and be willing to um, just kind of put myself in their in their shoes and know about where they come from why they why they think the way they that they think um, and stuff like that and like even in, in return it's like for me I've real never really even been in a spot where um, people were um, want to know more about my faith. And like even like the Christian staff team, like for Jonathan, it's like we're talking about why we're talking about God. And like Jonathan's like, what about this? What about Filipino? Like, you know, we're, we're even different from, from Asians. How we always, how I always uh, joke around with them. But it's like they take the time to um, to just dig through that in me. And I feel loved because of that. Like they, they really try to truly – trying to see where I come from and how I think and how we we just so different and like we even just put it in those four categories like the name the color the skin like everything they just said was perfect to just know that they're created to know that they're made of God and to show 
about Anthony, whether he's an agent or not. How many of y'all would say he's an evangelist? <laughs> Everybody on our staff team most put their hands up. Yeah. One of them cough laughs. All right. Um, I, this, this last one, man, it, I think it's very important. It's just, it's learn how the gospel speaks to you. And that's one of the practical ways of becoming united. And, and Tony, I didn't intentionally tell you about this, but can you speak into this a little bit on your, about learning how the gospel speaks into this topic? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is rooted in what we talked about earlier, that every last one of us in this room is made in the image of the Lord, right? Every last one of us, and I think about uh, hearing that, and dude, that is, the gospel, the good news is that God loves you, and the good news is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. The, the reason that that matters is you're made in the image of God. We're not talking about dogs right now, right? For better or worse, I won't comment on like dogs and stuff, right? Because I know them. But we're not talking, we're not giving a whole seminar about how dogs are equal to human beings. Because, I mean, dogs aren't made in the image of God. And so the gospel is, man, God himself cares about you on an intimate and personal level. And dude, because he cares about you, those who are part of the family should care about each other. So it's all rooted in that. You take away God out of this equation, there's no reason not to be racist. You know what I mean? Like, you take God, Darwin was right. Like, there probably rise up to be some superior race. You take that out of the equation, it don't matter. That you put God in the equation, that you're made in his image, that every last one of us is made in his image. Dude, man, I should care about that, especially as someone who's going through a lot, because I care about who you are. seminars like this, you guys are here because you want to grow in um, just your understanding of how to bring reconciliation, but just really intentionally confess that you're not going to get it right, just like we don't get it right, um, and I was just thinking this past Christmas Eve in my trying to be intentional and love on my staff team, Jonathan mentioned to me that his family celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve, so in our group text, I Christmas, Jonathan, and me, I'm thinking, man, I did, I'm growing, like, I'm thinking about all the different cultures, I got this, like, no one's gonna be left out, first text, from them, not from Jonathan, from somebody else, um, I was like, man, I should be like, too, and we can celebrate it on Christmas without me, like, uh, and then Christmas, like, I, I'm his family, Tony's like, I'm his family, he forgot about me, and I was like, oh, my bad, and then Martin, who's also on staff here, um, Mexican over here, uh, Merry Christmas, going to get it on the 25th just like everybody else. So just be intentional with the fact that it's not going to be just because of family or uh, who your pastor is. Just be mentioned as people make mistakes against us and as we make uh, mistakes, forgiveness and just healing together I think is the biggest thing that's going to really promote growth. Okay. I mean, one, one thing I want to move into, um, some of us have been on staff for two years, some of us have been on staff for three years, and some of us have been on five for cultural ones, I met um, a, a guy named Clayton, and he was from Tennessee, and growing up, like, I didn't know much about politics at all, really, to be honest, 
So growing up, all I knew was like Democrats, right? Like popped up. Like and you was like the first like conservative person I've ever met in my life. Like we was on social distancing. And um we started um hanging out. I was trying to, you know, my group function was with the guys at the time. I don't know what I was doing, but we went to the Perkins and so we would go to Perkins like every night from like twelve to two AM talking about whatever. Um and I just remember one time, there was like a controversial topic that came up. And when I was talking, when we were talking about it, he took the side that I did not think someone would take. And I was like, oh. And so it, it took time. It took realizing that our relationship with Christ and us being the body of Christ is bigger than even some of our disagreements that we may have politically or, or racially or in those things. So it, it really helped me um, build, build a relationship with someone who was white, had, was conservative, like he, he was, some things he believed is different than what I believe. But we're united um, because of the gospel and what Jesus did. Um, and, and real quickly, I would, are there any stories that y'all could share about how the, the gospel influence some of your college relationships or ministry as a black man in America? So I'm going into my sixth year in staff, and I used to work at a predominantly white college, like 90% white. Um, and I got the, like, it was a little different than Memphis because of the demographic, but um, I, I actually got this acceptance from this girl that goes, like, your till birthday for her to be, like, five years in the church or something, and her name was Juana, and she was a leader um, just at ASU, but she, um, she was a girl that I, I wanted in my, my sphere, um, and I wanted to be friends with her, and I wanted to love her. Honestly, because I knew she was gospel centered, and so I think the gospel, um, how did it imply it just with me in its joint ministry and my relationships with these things is that um, I asked this girl to be in my discipleship group mostly because I wanted her to to keep that um, as white women and it and to be us and to help us be a different glimpse of the gospel um, than before. And so just the implication of that, um, I had this girl named Juana raise up a, well, start a Bible study called Real Talk. And even today, it's like now they're averaging like 60 non-normative students in the Real Talk. And it's all because of this one girl, me, me reaching out out of my comfort zone and just like, all right, like this is a church majority white group. I'm going to ask her to be in it. So I think a lot of humility and a lot of us um, having to ask for forgiveness and continuously and things like that. She said yes. Um, but the, just the implications that happened for us and for her is just like on that campus now, it's her legacy is continuing. And so that's just sort of something I was thinking about um, the more recent years that they've been together. I joke about 14 years ago, I walked into this room, but it was white as a mug, though. Like, it was in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, anybody that knows that. Um, can you, Pastor Steve, um, what's the worship pastor? 
Auntie, that's what they have been pointing this deal, y'all, man. They had aunties on stage, man. And, like, this is before uh, being a hippie, not a hippie, but um, what's the um, white people go to Starbucks? Hipsters, yeah, you know, man. Th- this is before being a hipster was cool. Like, he was like a pioneer in the hipster game, you know. Um, he was up on the stage with his little skinny jeans on with his little little nice little voice and playing his guitar. And I was like, what the crap did I even get myself into? Like, like I didn't see this on Lifetime. This got to be a cult, you know, like. And the Lord saved me at that time. And then I go back to campus and ministry. I'm the only black dude around. Um, and I'm like, dang. And I'm all, I'm the, I'm the black dude with all these white people. Um, and I'm talking to minorities on the stage. And God saved me in his ministry. He saved me on campus. And yeah, I wish it was black. Yeah, I wish it was more brown people around. Um, but that is where the Lord decided to sovereignly um, save me. And um, I gave in on who I was. I was I was sold out to be Tony Bentley, the junior father with my white people. And I also understood that that man, I can learn a lot from them so I can go back and bring in some of my brothers and sisters into the family. Um so I know you may be like, Hey, Jamil, it sucks being a minority on my campus and getting your attention turned on you because I'm white and I don't get it. It's true. But man, God also played a sovereign role in why I need to be a part of this ministry. And they love you and they care about you. So you can be the, the black man that can join others that don't think they're black. So Praise God, y'all. Um, I, I want to leave y'all with, with two verses um, as we close out this, this, this panel. And the first one is, for he himself, Ephesians 2.14, um, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And I, I just want to speak into the fact that um, he is a who has made us both one. Um, he's talking about Jews and, and Gentiles and people who weren't in the Jewish family at one point were considered to be in the family of God. But God, but Christ, when he was on the cross, he, he as I said, broke down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And that applies to us even here. Um, and as well, when he did that, it, it wasn't just that he reconciles back to the Father or to God, um, he reconciled us back to him and he said, we're one. That is how God works in his universe. That's the reality. Um, but then also the next slide has Revelations 7, 9 through 10. It says, after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, from all tongues, from all peoples and languages standing before the throne and before their land, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. There is a reality that what Christ did um, was to bring people back to himself bring, and then bring people to each other. And every tribe, every tongue, every nation would be bound before him on that day. On that day, he defeated Satan's sin and death on the cross so that we can have a relationship with him, but also learn how to have a relationship with each other. And on that day, when we're before him, that the day, as Mac was saying, um, man, we're going to be before God. And we're going to have people who are different than us in different parts of the world, who have different cultures, different beliefs um, when it comes to certain things. But that's okay because we're all united in the, in, in, in the gospel. We're all united in Christ. And what we, what we have now is the, the opportunity and the challenge to meet one another where we are and, and learn about each other and love just like 
loved us, people who were his enemies. Um, and so that's what I want to end with today. Uh, we're going to go into a Q&A time um, real quickly, just a, f- a few questions, and hopefully we can give you an adequate answer for your, for your questions. So. questions here we go um we are probably like currently going through a really quiet battle of like conservative republican states and um uh, well there's there's one book i like that i read with um when i was with with the church um it was called right wrong color right culture right color wrong culture my mind my brain is messing up today um by Brian Loritz. Um, that's, that's one book. I don't know if y'all have that one. So I personally haven't read this book, but some of my um, people who I respect a lot say that a book called Wide Awake um, is really beneficial. So I haven't read it. I plan to. It's on my reading list. Um, but I've heard great reviews about that, um, especially for um, the white brothers who's in this room. That probably is really go-to is uh, one that's embraced by the young adults um, and the young adults are reading it and I know that I personally I'll give you a, the name of an author of someone who's written a lot of books, um, particularly in a Hispanic context. His name is Noel Castellanos. Um, and Noel Castellanos, C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-O-S. Um, so if you want to read more into that as well, he's a good author to, to read. Um, Chicago staff, please. Um, how do you, how do you practice? Uh, I, I guess my question is, how do you, how have you practiced loving people well, um, trying to get through that first initiation stage of the awkwardness of being in different places, different job groups? Like, how has that kind of played out for y'all? What it looked like to really do shit with everybody and make people more comfortable? I guess from the beginning. majority of white women have been exposed to things on campus and so for me I just got to keep showing up um, even like I was saying this morning um, yeah I, I mean like just say like I just I just got I just endure it like I just go and I keep an open mind and and I show up like when I see that he's like trying to get things from one of um, some other things that he has already put in me is that for me the awkwardness of being the only white person in the room is that I just keep showing up. And I would also say, like, if if you're really about building relationships with people who don't look like you, the very first thing you do is just ask a whole bunch of questions. Just, like, ask questions. Get to know them. Don't assume anything. No matter the culture, no matter what they look like, like, just ask, like, why why do y'all do that? Why do you eat that? Why do you wear that? Why do you like that kind of music? What does that word mean exactly? Uh, Like, just ask, ask, ask. And then, in turn, they're going to ask you questions. 
you're sharing things now. You're sharing conversation. You're sharing experiences. You're sharing a lot. So I would say asking those questions and really being engaged is really the, like showing up and like questioning the basics of what you're doing. I know one thing we were doing with staffing um, kind of very practically was literally we went to um, eat at other different restaurants. We went to, uh, we ate Nigerian food with Filipino food. We had, <laughs> we had Nigerian food, Filipino food. <laughs> yeah, well anyway, uh, we would uh, engage and just sign other people up of our staff to do food. Uh, it was just really fun to think of that. So he asked, um, basically talking about the experience I had with the lady at church that um, asked about my dad and all that. What was my process of reconciliation and um, healing from that? And I think the best thing that helped me with that particular situation is so when I walked in, so after that mess of a conversation, I walked into the sanctuary, sat down by my friend. Um, her name is Hope Francis. She's um, also white. And she noticed that I was upset. She's like, what is wrong? I was like, what's going on? And I kind of told her, oh, you know, this is what happened, this is what happened. And she, and this might sound, this might take y'all off guard, but it was actually what I needed to hear at the time. Um, but she basically said, um, so you're upset because of what the lady said to you? And I said, yeah, I think it was really ignorant, and I think it was blah, 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 all these things. And she's like, I get that. I, I get that. Um, when are you going to pay for her? right now <laughs> um but i think for me the the and i think for all of us those who have been wrong those who have um been hurt by people the first thing is just to get it out be sad about it be angry about it tell somebody about it let them feelings out let it go and then pray then really bring it to someone who you can talk to who you can trust and pray um and allow god to do the rest because um, that's just a small situation, but some of these things are really deep, um, really go leave a lot of scars. And I think the best thing to do is be vulnerable and give it to give it to the Lord. So that's what I would say. Oh, you can't hear me? Can you hear me now? Oh, sorry. I need to repeat the question. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a leader back there. Um, yes. Um, but I think, so she asked about, so she's adopted into a white family, but she has stuff that's Filipino. 
Um, and so what does that look like when you don't really feel like you are connected to either? What does that look like to, to connect with different races that um, you grew up in when you, you feel like you don't fit in? Um, and so I, I say for me, being Nigerian-American, um, being wanting to, uh, to be able to relate to people who are Nigerian through and through, because I, I was born here. So um, there's this kind of thing that we call African pride in a lot of my um, like cousins who are like born in Nigeria. They say, yeah, yeah, you ain't, you don't have none of that. You know, you don't get African pride. I'm like, dang, I eat the same thing you eat. What's the same thing you do? You know, whatever. But at the same time, living in America and growing up around like white neighborhoods and in a black school, I'm go I go to school in the hood and they say, oh, you're not black enough. I go try to hang out with some friends in the neighborhood. Oh, you ain't white enough. I'm like, so what the heck am I? I'm nothing, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, and so I think for me it was not that it's not that I'm perfect at it or anything, but I think the, the thing that has helped me is to know, number one, before I am any race, any ethnicity, I'm graced through love by God. Um, and then secondly, before, after that, God um, I think has given people who are blended in these mixed kind of cultures and heritages um, the the opportunity to really learn how to be leaders and navigate all types of situations. Um, and I think although you might not feel like I'm connected strongly to this or strongly to that, I think that is actually a benefit because you can bring so many different cultures together. And so you can actually be the bridge rather than just holding fast to one thing. Does that make sense? Um, so the next, I think the next seminar is in here. And so we want to wrap it up. And if you have more questions, you can answer that later. So I'm going to play us out real quick and we're going to head out, all right? Or stay here. We're staying for the seminar. Um, God, I want to pray that you would bless um, us in this conversation this in this topic, God, where the gospel really permeate our hearts and would we learn how to love others. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at conyc.com.